My name is Aram, my pronouns are he, him, and welcome to God's Fall. My name is Joe, my pronouns are he, him, and I play Lord Haldir Loran, the newly arisen god of war. Last time on God's Fall, the Lord of Ryland found himself in a strange modern world. Caitlin reached out to him through a phone booth and instructed Haldir to meet her at an arcade named Playland. On his way, he came across a store with a large glass window filled with scribe pads in all different sizes. They showed the same scene, a news presentation describing the founding, a day of remembrance for a terror attack led by rogue demigods that occurred last year. Haldir was surprised to see his older self and past patron take the stage, introduced as the president of the Kadaria Corporation. Um, Haldir's like breathing heavy as he as he uh, as as the game ends. Um, you know, just okay. As he brings himself back to it wasn't real, right? And he looks around. The screens are dark, and he's like, okay, all right, it wasn't real. Some kind of device that Caitlin can communicate to me through. So, tomorrow at the Lost. Okay. And he steps out. Okay. You step back out to the noise and stench of the arcade. Yes. Um, All right. Where do I sleep? That's a good question. Leave the arcade. Yeah, leave the arcade because I can tell these aren't my people. Yeah. Uh, And then when I get out, is it, is it, I, I think it's dark now, you said, right? And there's like... You know, 7.30, p.m. right now. Okay. Um, I want to find another high elf. Sure. So looking around to see if there's any high elves on me. There's an um, older woman. She's her hair up. She's got a fur that basically goes past her ears, right? Right. And she's just standing on the corner with a tiny little dog. <laughs> so I walk up to her and, um, you know, in... What would you... Are, are there any special ways that elves, the high elves, would address each other, like... Madam, or was it or like, is there? Yeah, there's not. I mean, uh, sure. Like, what would be one? Why don't you tell me? I, I don't know. Have we, we haven't established one in this world yet. Not really. Not, not, not like how another high elf would agree to another high elf. There's, there's no word for that. So go ahead and make one up. Oh boy, I'm not good at this. You put me on the spot. I'll put you right back. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I can just shove it right back to you. I can, I can play reverse whenever I want to. <laughs> like, I don't know. Elvis. No, that's stupid. Uh, like, your pointiness. Um. Well, how, how about Elvrin and Elvris? Elvris. All right. So there. Yeah. So um, yeah. Elvrin and Elvris. I like that. Okay. So Elvris for women and Elvrin yeah. for men is the way I imagined it. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, so I, I I you know I reach her and I say um, Elvrin and I give her and I give her a bow. Oh. Something that you might not not too dramatic but just like enough to be respectful, right? She seems. Bemused. Like again. Like if you want, like it's the e- it's the equivalent of walking up to a rich lady in New York City and going, My madame and like doing a big huge but like you know, it's great, like it's nice and she's but 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 she's like bemused by it. Like it it, it, it all seems out of place and you just kinda of walked up and all you know, all of a sudden you're a knight in shining armor, right? Oh, oh why hello young man. Such a charmer. <laughs> Such a charmer. So, like, clearly get the hint that maybe that little, might have been a little bit much. You know, she's not treating it like, of course, you should have done that. So I stand up and I say, um, I am new to the city. I need some place to stay for tonight. Oh, you must be here for the celebration. And she gently touches your arm, which is weird because high elves aren't physically touchy usually like humans are. 
if you're here for the celebration, you don't want to go downtown because that's where all the rabble is. I'm sure you've seen them. Here you are. She pulls out a card from her uh, purse and she pulls out this ridiculous ornate fountain pen and she scribbles a name on the back of it. Tell them Edwardia sent you. Edwardia? Edwardia. So I take the card and I look at it. What's written on the card? I'm assuming it's an address, um, a name. Yeah, like the hotel... Hotel what? What is it called? Something fancy. Well, okay. So I have a friend that likes to say, we, we had this game we play. It's either a country club or it's a, ho- it's a hotel or it's a uh, or it's an apartment building. So it okay. could be something like, I don't know, the Croydon, which is, a, which is, great. Which is an apartment building in D.C. <laughs> That's great. But. It is. It's the Croydon. That's fantastic. So it's like it's got like a fancy eagle and it's all in silver font on a black card. Right. And it's. Um, and there's on the back of it a small map, and you recognize it's near, like four blocks away from where you are. Okay, so I can I can find my way there then. So mm-hmm. absolutely. I, so I take it and I just instead of a full bow like I did before when I was like, she's playing along at this at this point, so she kind of extends her hand with a giant emerald on it, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. And so um, I take the hand like a small shake. No. <laughs> so so it takes the hand. And he and he kisses and just continuing through with whatever the ritual is, right? He just sure, kisses the right. hand. Oh, and she's and, the, and, and, and like pearls of laughter, you know, fill out for, but like happy, like joyful sure, yeah. laughter. Like you've made this lady's night, you know. Her and her stupid little dog. And she, ta ta, have fun at the festival. As I'm walking away, all I can think is how annoying that stupid little dog is. Everything about her was, I mean, again, you're flamboyant, right? It can't be said you're not, but your flamboyance has purpose. Like, everything is very well picked out and curated, and hers was just excessive. It was just this... You know, just just dripping of wealth for the sake of wealth. It's like even not, the little it's not, dog. It's not classy wealth. It's it's showy. Showy. It's just ostentatious. It's not even ostentatious. What's the word I'm looking for? Like tacky. Yeah. The All these lights are super impressive initially. Like it's blinding. It's it's overwhelming. But after a while, they just become dull and like. Yeah. It's like like there's nothing special about them. There's no, it's not it's not like. A single torch burning in a dark room has all this power and beauty and elegance in a way that none of this will. There's just, I mean, is it impressive? Yes. Is it functional? Yes. Is it a miracle? Sure. But it also feels cheap in comparison. Like it's all a bit of a cheat. Like it feels like the ruby was not, a, that was not a real ruby. As Naldir might have known as he got closer to it, that, you know, whatever ring on our finger, it's like, oh, I understand now more about this world as well. These elves are what? Just a shell? Like they're just, it's like they're putting on costumes to be who they were and to try and pay pay homage, I guess, to, to their ancestors and to who, you know, we could have been. But um, it's... They used to be empresses. But 5,000 years ago, there were elven emperors and empresses who ruled the world. Yeah. And now it's this character. So with all this, like, just mild and growing disgust at at the world and at how fake much of it is still mixed with this you know incredible wonder and this uh, knowledge of of the power that the world and the, and the possibility of the world holds um i like you know head to the hotel it is really lovely actually uh as then as the night really settles in and you've gone again further north you've clearly got into a nicer area Right. It's not like 
you know, it's not like the other area was trashy, but but this area is there's more green land and there's more private green land. There's houses now instead of just huge buildings. And eventually you come in up upon this beautiful old well old for this world this beautiful old hotel with a big huge arch in the front that you'd walk into and a main lobby that's an open air uh uh well, what would you call it? almost like a green room because there's a steel and glass roof but it's open it's like there's no doors to it you just walk into this open area and you are greeted hello sir may i help you so i'm assuming this is a um this is a servant of some kind. Yeah, so they have a little podium and a little hat. Yeah, and as how how would a how did an inn work? I guess they had a similar thing where they would have a counter and you'd go up to the counter. Is that how like, or would you have to find the master of the house in a nice place? This is how it would work, and you're used to nice a place. Yeah. So this is how it would work. And although for you, you're used to someone doing this work for you. Someone would go up and make sure that you don't set your own, you don't rent your rooms. Right. It's not something you've ever done. But this would be fam- this would be familiar enough. Yeah. So I say, you know, I need a room for at least one night. Of course, uh, we have. And she flips through. like, well, it's a little tight this evening. You know, the uh, the founding ceremony is tomorrow. Did you not have a reservation? I came here unexpectedly. Oh, that is unfortunate, sir. I wish there was something I could do, but we are fully booked up. And so I take out my coin purse. I guess Haldir would have an idea about inflation. And yeah, silently hoping that inflation hasn't destroyed the value of my solid gold coins. Um, I take it out and I like very obviously place it on the counter. Let's see, you have 200 gold. Sure. In equivalent coins. You just drop it in front of her. Yeah. And her eyes go a little wide. And she kind of looks to the left and looks to the right. And inside this bag, there's all coins except for, like, let's say one emerald that just got tossed in there. Like, maybe the size of your thumbnail, right? But a pretty one. And she just kind of reaches in. She grabs that. She tucks it into her pocket. And she's like, oh, so... We could lock this up for you, or you could keep it on you. It's very safe here, and I am sure you will find all rooms delightful. And she hands you your gold back, and she also hands you this uh, card, very similar to the card Edwardia handed you, but it's a little thicker, and you can... You, you can at this point, like, you know divine energy, and there's, again, just the slightest, dullest, most contained hum of divine energy coming from this and every other device that in our world would use electricity so she she hands me hands me the card and i take it and then i just i just look at her oh i'm so sorry so you must be new here you want to go to the elevators on the right up to the fourth floor and it'll be the first door on your left the elevators that's a word i don't know but she Uh, points towards like um these these a series of three brass doors so uh, um, sets of doors with buttons next to them and there's little arrows pointing up and arrows pointing down okay so i um and it's busy enough where you see people pushing the buttons to open the doors so so i turn to the person who originally like greeted me at the door i'd like to take a look around Mm -hmm. and see if there's any um, anybody else working in the hotel? Any, any servants oh, working Oh, sure. There? There's people carrying bags. There's people walking around. There's a woman who, um, a little older than the one you just spoke to, who is in the center area, clearly holding a scry pad. And people are coming up to her, and she's 
answering their questions or giving them orders or fixing things and then sending them back on their way. So she's, she's clearly in charge. Servant, I require assistance. Her eyes go wide. And then she looks at you and she looks pissed for a second, but then she looks you up and down and she just laughs and she walks over and she's like, sir, that is the best Lord Hardir cosplay I have seen yet at the festival. Points to you. How may I help you, my lord? Is this a, what, what race is this person? This, uh, this woman is, uh, let's say she's a gnome and she's got a little like power suit on and she's got like a headset with like a mic, right? And it goes to a pack on her side and every couple seconds she turns and says something towards someone else who quickly hops to and then she glides the conversation back to you, up towards you. And I say, um, accompany me. And I turn and I walk of towards the Lord. And, and I walk towards the elevator. I will be right back. Lord Haldir Laron needs my assistance. And there's a couple pearls of laughter around you. And she walks with you towards the elevators. Um, and I say, and when I get there, I I, I re- just repeat to her what the woman has said to me. What was it? It was like fourth floor up. Which room? Of course. And she. Uh, why would you have ever done this for yourself? I'm sure you have plenty of people doing this for you. Slumming it tonight, are we? And she pushes the up button. The doors glide open. She leans inside, presses four. This will carry you to the fourth floor, my lord. As soon as you step outside, look to your left and you will see your room. Good day. And she leans back out and the doors close. And there's this weird shift as it lifts you to the fourth floor. Stops. There's another ding. Doors slide open. You just step out, and there's a door that is lit. I'm assuming there's a doorknob of some kind. Like no, there's the no, there's nothing. There is just like a circle, a silver circle. Oh, okay. Well, I and there's a little sign above it, you know, because everyone place would have it that says like you know, place card here. Sure. Right. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. For the idiots. Right. ADA compliant. They are here That's in right. Kadaria. <laughs> I take I take the card, um, and I. Press it to the circle. The light above you shifts from red to green. There's a click from inside the door, and it just swings open a bit. And inside is a very nice bed and dressers, and like it's like um, like it's not their suite. It's not their top level suite, right? But they gave you a nice room. I am in. There's a lot of things I'd like to do tonight, but um, first things first. On some off chance, they provide their guests with clothing. I'd like to see what type of clothing they've provided their guests. In this room is a device similar to the one you were using. It's not mounted on the wall. It's like a smaller setup where it's sitting next on a table next to the bed, but it's clearly a phone. And then next to it are instructions like to like front desk here, concierge here, late night eats here, that kind of thing. First, I want to check like the wardrobe and check the, um, and, and check the, the dresser, like, is there anything in there? Are they empty? The only thing in the closet is a particularly luxurious robe with nice. a nice high collar. Some places have some taste. So, right. uh, all right, I pick up the phone. And I don't know, I guess main desk sounds good. Yeah, sure. There's a desk the woman I spoke to. I don't know what a fucking concierge is. Hello, main desk, how may I help you? I require a servant. Of course. <laughs> and there's there's some laughter because they know what room it's coming from and they just assume you're playing the role more. Sure, yeah. Oh, Lord Haldir, how can we assist you? 
send a servant to my room. Is there a particular type of servant you would like? Should they be skilled in any particular task? Uh, somebody who knows the, um, somebody who's familiar with the town. Of course, we'll send the concierge right up. Anything else, sir? No. They hang up. And a couple minutes later, there's a knock on your door. So to be clear, Haldir still doesn't know to put the thing on, on the receiver. So he just puts <laughs> it back down on the table next to it. Like, okay, so then while you're, while, you, while you're waiting, eventually there's this really loud, <laughs> annoying noise coming from the phone. Uh, so pick up the phone, try to press the buttons. Uh, or no, just pick up the phone, place it on the receiver from where I took it from, just in case that the that noise stops. As soon as you figure that out, there's a knock at the door. Um, walk over to the door. Um, I assume it's got a handle, regular door handle. Open it. Waiting out there in a perfectly pressed uniform is a young man with a little hat and little name tag that says Thomas. And he's like, hello, Lord Haldir. My name is Thomas. I am here to assist you. Thomas. Yes, my lord. I am new to the city. I came here unexpectedly. Unfortunately, I was, I lost my bags. I lost my, um, I lost my luggage. Yeah. I lost, I guess, luggage. I lost my luggage along the way. And this is the only outfit that I currently possess. You're only left with your cosplay. That is a hysterical story, my lord. What do you need? Clothing, obviously. Oh, of course. I would get you clothing. Um, let's get the... Well, you know what? I know someone. I used to work at Men's Warehouse, whatever the fuck it is, like down the road. I used to do this. Let's just get some of your measurements and... Pulls in a tape measure, takes some measurements from you. I'll be back in half an hour, maybe an hour at the, at the most. Do you need anything? Bottle of champagne? Hot towel? I, I want to give him a description about the clothing because I want to... Oh, sure. I need something with a hood. Right. Um, I need something... What, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of other distinguishing marks that um, Haldir has. Oh, a hoodie. How street. Yeah, something. I, I require at least something with a hood. He says give him an hour and he'll be back. I guess... I, no, I don't say anything. Just close the door. He had his hand out for a tip, kind of like, not like obviously, but like, like, like he was kind of like extending an arm for a tip. He just closed the door. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming I still need to pay. But how dear hasn't, I mean, how dear hasn't done this stuff? Like he hasn't managed his own wardrobe. He hasn't managed his own payment. People take care of it. You say you want something and someone else figures out the finances. That's how it usually works. This He's is like, not your thing. What's, what's the woman, um, what the hell is her name from? Arrested Development. How much could a banana cost? How much could a banana cost, Michael? Ten dollars? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. So he's like. got a half an hour. All right. There's a few things I want to do in that half an hour then. Half an hour to an hour. Yeah. I'd like to explore the room. What else do we have? Is there a safe? You know, is there nothing that matters? So there's a bathroom. There's okay. a safe. Think like a nice junior yeah. suite room. Right. It's not the it's 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 not the top. You're not even on the top level of the building. It's got like twenty levels, right? Right. But it's like a it's a nice room with a nice bath, with a nice standing a shower, with a decent sized desk and one of those little like comfortable chairs and a big king size bed. That's what you're looking at. But there's also a television of sorts. There's a ah. large view screen or large um, scry pad, right? That you'd be familiar with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I uh, first things first is I'm going around. And I'm going to touch all the buttons. Sure. Because I want so to turn on does. lights. So uh, one on makes the bed lights. sit up, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I flip the faucets. So there's, sure. there's indoor plumbing, running water is like yeah, running so well. Like, I mean, insane. Yeah. When you were control on, the temperature, when you were on Steelbeard, that was very impressive yeah. with how he could move water around. This is even cleaner, though. Like it still came out in, in like in like sputters. And with here, it's like you turn one handle. It's cold. You turn one handle. It's hot instantly. Immediately. There's, there's no hot water. And there's no creepy ship watching me do it. Correct. It's incredible. Um, the water, you know, the water, the water tastes clean. It's yeah. like totally clear. There's yeah. no, no, it's no got visible. a weird tang to it. Right. Cause it's got fluoride and shit in it. Right. <laughs> Which you're not used to. There's some modernization of the water that you're not accustomed to. It's got the fluoride. That's right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's got magical fluoride and shit. <laughs> My teeth are going to look so good. They look this. great. Would he, be, would he have brushed his teeth? Is that anything that Hal Deer would have done? I would like imagine, back yeah. in the Hall, past. Hall like, Deer is very into his hygiene. But, I mean, is someone going to brush your teeth? Like, does someone cut your toenails? Like, 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 how far does this go? I, well, I, I, not even him. I, I guess I, I have no idea how teeth care worked back in the 1500s. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, do elves brush their teeth? That's the first question. Do elves have do teeth they need to that are like human beings? Right. Probably not, right? Because they, they, they themselves be. decay. They at have such to be a around for a thousand rate. years. Yeah. So I, I would say that, that elves, yeah, elves could have teeth that don't decay. So he doesn't really need the toiletries, right? Yeah. Um, but that's that's interesting. So turning everything on, bed moves around. You also don't sweat like a human. Ah. Right. You don't sweat. You don't like like your whole physiology is different. Like that's why they're so distasteful to you. Like yeah. to even get a whiff of sweat on a human is foul yeah is really upsetting fascinating yeah all right after i figure out what everything does and i'm touching everything um yeah does the tv have a remote like or what is yeah. it a scrying it's, thing or it's you know it takes you a while right? yeah Old right man, right you know? i'm just pressing i'm just pressing <laughs> buttons on this thing looking around to see yeah. if it does anything eventually though you do get the television to uh turn on and it's like you know Welcome to what did we say the uh, name of the the Croydon? Yeah, the Croydon, welcome yeah. to the Croydon. And it's showing you like these sweeping views of the rooftop deck and the pool and the entryway and the rooms oh, and like you cool. know call this number if you need any assistance night or day. We are waiting to help you. Bum, bum, bum. I'm starting to slowly put together the phone as he, as it says call this number. I look over and I say, and I realize almost for the first time. That there is a number pad on the po- on the phone, and and it says like call six call star six five two nine, and you see a star a six a five a two and a nine. It's trying to come together here. All right, so that's number one. I figured out a little bit how the room works. Instead of the star being a pound symbol in this world, it's the star with the ring around it that we use for the God's Fault logo. Oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah. 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 That's prevalent oh, I everywhere. Like that a lot. Yeah. Okay. So I figured out how that works. Now the gods, the, like the God Spark stuff, is that? How does that? I, I don't quite remember from our time in um, Ani how how that really works. So here's what you understand about Godstones, God Spark, about how the system works. Okay, there's divine energy everywhere with the gods and demigods and just the fabric of the universe. There's this divine tapestry that seems to wrap around the world that could be tapped into by gods, by demigods, by mortals via magic, right? Magic is kind of their um, translation 
of divine energy. They can tap into it a little bit for magic, a little bit for, you know, whether they're praying for it or casting arcane magics and pulling upon just these threads of magic that have been woven everywhere around the world because of the existence of gods, okay? So that energy is everywhere. It just hums in the atmosphere. And these godstones are little remnants of like a drop of, of sweat fell from the brow of the god of earth. And, be, and crystallize when it hit the ground with this pure energy, this effort that he was giving off to move a mountain or build a mountain or whatever he was doing at the, at the time. And this crystallization turned into a godstone. Their blood gets shed, their flesh gets shed, their bones seep into the earth when they die, right? And these things are incredibly powerful uh, fragments of actual divine beings. So this these god stones constantly absorb the ambient divine energy and if focused and used as batteries can then power devices by using this divine energy as if they would power spells okay so it's not that so it's it's not it's not the same way that that the individual like godlings use the use the batteries. It's Correct. just that this. So it's not specific to any individual. So I can't bridge with you know the fucking lamp in my room. You couldn't bridge with it. Like it's not connected to one to one to another individual, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, as far as you know, you can't. You never All tried. Right. That's a great point. Okay, yeah. so I guess I'm gonna go over to the lamp. Yeah. And this new bridge thing that I just learned about. Okay. Um, it's been. Working for me well so far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to so I reach out and like touch the lamp and, and okay. can I can I feel there's like wires you know these things there coming out from the back of it. There is a hum of divine energy coming from it, and again everything else that is power you can absolutely feel it. And I would have recognized at least wires from Ani, right? From yeah, because they think they had this string, and so I know that's how it's transported. But totally, and they were actually installing lines of uh, of electric lights of divine right. of of divinity powered lights when you first came into the city you hadn't seen that before so you are right. familiar with that so this is the basis okay. of it so um i look around and see the wire coming out of the back of the lamp yeah um and so i just take like that wire even just the insulation in my in my hand sure and can, can i feel you said i can like feel the, there's like a hum the god yeah. spark totally so I, i'd like to try and i guess take that power into me or like replace it with my power you know do something similar to what i did with the bridge with with that to see if i can even just i don't really know what to expect maybe it gives me a sense of the entire of the entire grid everything that's connected you know maybe i don't know but that's what i want to try and do i would like you to roll your divinity natural 20 ready here we go believe oh um 18 so 18 uh, plus 7 yeah so 25? 25 okay you like your hand uh have you ever grabbed an electric fence yes you have okay good i like all my friends have this in common we're all fucking morons so you, <laughs> so you know like when you glad you know like when you grab an electric fence you get shocked right but sure, if, it, if yeah. you grab someone else yeah. and then grab an electric true. fence they get nailed but you still feel the energy course through you just don't get shocked by it right yeah that's what this feels like you can feel the energy coursing through you it's like you instantly formed a circuit with it your eyes go wild and all the lights in your room become incredibly bright the television flares to life you're locked in place staring at it and you're you're seeing gods you're seeing the god of the sun and the god of the earth and 
and the god of magic and all these gods and they're just they're just falling to their knees and screaming and then falling to dust in front of you and then that dust is becoming particles and those particles are going into the lines and the wires and the lights and the cars and it in a second you realize that this entire thing only exists because the gods died and that power got sucked into the machine they never came back okay the machine swallowed them all right and the entire city and as you pull back and see everything you're connected to which is the planet is all well what's left of it It, it's still this world storm eye right that hasn't changed so all the yeah all the kingdoms are connected with this energy and this and this power but it's basically using the souls of the dead gods in order to power all of it Mm. and you're seeing their faces one by one and at the very end of this a face looks up and it's elder you and his eyes narrow and then everything goes dark there's like a where you blew a fuse and the whole room goes dark that's very disappointing and we're gonna hold right there oh The camera pulls up and pans across town as an hour passes, settling on the top floor of a massive office tower. Leaning on a large desk is Elder Haldir, barking orders to his secretary. He hangs up and retrieves a small velvet coin purse from his desk. It is the same, if much more worn, velvet coin purse Haldir was using earlier. He holds a hand above it and his eyes roll black as the negative reflection of flames dance behind him. When he removes his hand, the purse is gone, replaced by five polished cold chips. He gathers them, walks out onto his private balcony, and hands one chip to each of the five ravens waiting on the railing. As soon as they have a chip in their beak, they take to the air and fan out over the city. One alights on a newspaper box and calls out to a young gnome setting up a long exposure shot of the red line monorail. She takes the chip, nods to the bird, and pulls out a scry pad. In an instant, every camera in the city is available to Kodak Light Painter, the demigod of photography. Another bird rests on a fire escape a few feet away from a Kenku who is perched on a rod that hangs in midair some 80 feet above the ground. Bang bang, the crow mimics. Bang bang, the Kenku demigod of guns mimics back as a rifle forms in their hands and they line up a shot on a middle-aged banker stepping nervously out of a taxi. The third crow lands on a busy sidewalk and crawls into a sewer. Rats immediately surround the bird but are scattered as a hulking frog-like humanoid with flame-red skin steps out from the darkness. The creature extends a massive clawed hand and the raven drops the cold chip in their palm. A deep, gurgling laugh escapes the red slod as they begin to transform. They take a few steps forward, and by the time they are reaching for the ladder to the surface, they look like a pale blonde human woman, decked out in shiny crimson leather. Easily shifting a 60-pound iron cover to the side with one hand, Balam, the demigod of sewers, emerges from their lair and strides toward downtown. 
The fourth crow circles above Westlake, a cluster of suburbs to the west of the bay. A healthy strip of forest runs along the lake here, dotted with waterfalls and fanciful stone bridges that cross gurgling streams. In the heart of this forest is a clearing next to a warm spring, shaded by a single towering wisteria in full bloom. Beneath this canopy of leaves and lavender flowers rests an old unicorn. His good eye opens as the raven bounces toward him, and he stands with a sigh and a huff. Though irritated, he does not complain about the intrusion. Kimber, the demigod of neighborhoods, is a traditionalist, and a summons from the Lord of Ryland was to be immediately answered. The last crow lands on the roof of a brownstone in the old meatpacking district south of the bay. Music is blaring as a dozen men and women drunkenly spin about, occasionally crashing into one another and eliciting loud cheers from the others. They are young and dressed in all-black business attire, heavily accessorized with gold. At the back of the deck, seated in the middle of a large crescent lounge surrounding a fire pit, is a small lizard-like humanoid, as dark as the coal chip the raven drops at his clawed feet. He looks up from his scry pad, scooping up the chip with his tail, and snaps his fingers twice. The music immediately stops as the dozen golden goths fall silent and await orders from Dooku, the kobold demigod of prophets. Thank you for joining us for God's Fall episode 101, Come Out and Play. We are busy recording with Sigma, Arunivar, Torvik, Zion, and Lord Haldir, so look for new episodes coming soon. We are also continuing to play Patreon-exclusive games on Twitch TV slash Godsfall. Emerald and Diamond supporters can join us for one-shots or a continuous campaign set in the Godsfall world. Our first adventure joins the demigods of redemption, strands, stewardship, and redistribution as they are thrown into a newly constructed union. We've also got less than two dozen first print world books left at godsfall.com slash worldbook. So if you want yours, and unfortunately, if you live only in the United States, because uh, our postal system has stopped shipping across the world, and I don't know when it's going to start back up again. But if you live in the U.S. and you want a hardcover print of the Godsfall worldbook, head over to godsfall.com slash worldbook. And if you live outside the U.S., we've cut the price of the Godsfall worldbook PDF in half. So come by and pick up a PDF download for only $10 and help keep God's fall on the air. Thank you all so much for your support, and we'll see you next time in the world of the five kingdoms. This show was produced and edited by Dead Ghost Productions. 
Find out more about us and all the shows we make at deadghostpro.com. Deadghostpro.com.